With the new school year starting, are you thinking that now would be a good time to do a habit reset? So you're thinking about those New Year's resolutions that you made back in January, and if you haven't made progress on them, now would be a great time to start. If that's you, I want to introduce you to this concept, this metaphor of the rider, the elephant, and the path, and how you can use it to create new habits or improve some of your existing ones. And I'm also going to show you how to apply the two-minute rule for new habits. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang. And this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health, and feel empowered to live the life you want, you're in the right place. Episode number 135. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know there are lots of podcasts out there and you heard the intro and now you're choosing to listen to this. So it really does mean a lot to me. I want you to know that. So can you believe it's actually the second half of August already? So my nephews are all back in school already, which is also really odd to me because I remember growing up that school always started after Labor Day. But here's the thing. If you have kids that just started school or you're thinking about, you know, maybe you've got that last trip planned for the summer over the Labor Day weekend. This is the time of year where a lot of folks are thinking about the habit reset. So with back-to-school specials, when I owned the health club, we always had fall for fitness challenges and things like that. So a lot of folks thinking about the routine and how it's changing because the kids are back in school. And so if you're actually in this camp, if you will, this group of people who are thinking about now would be a good time to do a habit reset. I would love to be able to help you here. So today's episode, I'm going to introduce some new concepts for you, for you to try out. And hopefully we can actually work on some new and improved habits for you. Okay. So when we talk about wanting to, let's say, lose weight, this is obviously a podcast that's about lasting weight loss and getting fit. When we look at the big picture, 
I really want you to make a distinction between goals versus intentions. And I'm going to use school as an example here. It's one of my favorite examples on the difference. We talk about things like getting good grades, getting straight A's, doing well on tests. And yet, when we really talk about what the whole purpose of education is, it's really not about getting good grades. It's about learning how to learn. It's about critical thinking. Yeah, there are basics like reading and writing and arithmetic. We definitely want those skills. And grades are a reflection of our mastery or at least the competence level that we've achieved in those various subjects. But if you think about history, history is not just about memorizing dates and people and places and events. History is about learning from that past. What did we learn from it that we can then apply going forward? And so school, beyond the mastery of those subjects, is again about things like learning how to think, critical decision-making. We talk about socialization, working with others, in a team format. Those are all parts of why we send our kids to school. And even for folks who are homeschooled, parents are always, right, we have play dates now. There's always the desire to make sure that your kids have the sense of belonging, connection. So now, when you think about a goal like wanting to lose weight, I want you to ask yourself, why? What are my intentions? And what I would like to propose is if you want to lose weight because you believe that you'll be healthier as a result, I would like for you to consider taking a deep health approach because that impacts how you will choose to get there. So if you're taking a deep health approach, what does that actually mean? It means that we are making sure we are creating a healthy relationship with food, that we're not putting undue stress on our body or are affecting our mental health because we're maybe exacerbating body image issues if we're buying into methods that are put forth by sort of that diet mentality where you have to shrink your body in order to feel good about yourself. Because I will tell you, if you buy into that, chances are you won't be able to find peace. And when we focus on dieting, it's very easy to develop some disordered eating patterns. So I'm not talking about eating disorders, which are kind of a whole nother basket, a whole nother kettle of fish. I'm talking about even things like binging, you know, when you're dealing with a lot of cravings, things like that. So when you take a deep health approach, 
this is where I really do believe that focusing on creating self-care habits makes all the difference in the world. And when you talk about creating habits, this is where I would like to introduce you to this wonderful metaphor of the elephant and the rider and also the path. So in the book, The Happiness Hypothesis by Jonathan Hyde, or Hyde, which is spelled H-A-I-D-T, I will include a link in the show notes to the book. He talks about the rider and the elephant as a representation of what's happening in our brain. So the rider is the rational part of our brain. I like to think of it as like that left prefrontal cortex where I'm always talking about this is where we, we're making executive decisions. We're making plans, we're solving problems in a very intentional, deliberate way. Now, the elephant is the emotional part of our brain. So rider is rational, elephant is emotional. This is the subconscious. This is the part of our brain that sort of is on automatic pilot, reward sinking. I would say most of the motivation to do one thing or another is really driven by emotion. And when you look at the rider versus the elephant, the rider does direct somewhat in some ways. But if an elephant wants to go in a direction different from the rider, who's going to win? Now, you've also heard me talk about the importance of managing our mind, of becoming aware of thoughts that we have so that we can choose how we're going to respond instead of just react. So when I say react, I really do mean that, that autopilot version. Now, react in this particular case, I am not referring to reflexes. So if you're startled and you jump, that's not necessarily something I believe that we can control. When you are afraid of something and your heartbeat starts racing faster, those are not things that we can actually control in the moment. Just like when you go to the doctor and they hit that part of your knee and your knee goes up. Those are reflexes. That's not what I'm talking about. But I also know when it comes to that subconscious brain, we have 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day. If you really sit down and let's say you could track how many thoughts you were actually conscious of or conscious of very, very, a very, very small percentage of those thoughts. So I just want to make sure that we're really clear on that. But when we talk about managing our mind, it's about becoming aware of certain thoughts that are driving our behaviors, that are in that elephant realm, if you will. Okay. So the last part, the th- or the third part, is the path. So you have a rider, an elephant, and then the path that the elephant is on. And when we're talking about forming habits, we really want to take into account all three of these. Okay, so again, this is a metaphor. 
I'm not saying that you are actually a rider, elephant, and path, okay? This is the metaphor. And so when we look at the path and we're looking at our environment, what we're surrounded by, a lot of people will talk about doing things like a kitchen makeover or decluttering their, their environment. And I think that those changes to our environment are great, but it's also really important not to overlook the people that we're spending time with, the ones that we spend the most time with and how they influence our behavior as well. So when we talk about shaping our path, when folks talk about wanting to get in shape, whether it's hiring a trainer or joining a gym or signing up for a class, understand that structure does help to drive your behavior but that's not the only way. That's, that's for people who really like being social, as an example. It can really help. But if you find that intimidating, there are other ways in which we can shape our environment to make it less so. I mean, it can be going for a walk with a friend. That counts too. Okay, so when we talk about the rider, the elephant, and the path, in the context now of creating new habits. So I talked about the happiness hypothesis, which spoke to the rider and the elephant. The addition of the path is something that Chip Heath and Dan Heath talk about in the book Switch, How to Change Things When Change is Hard. So again, I'm going to include the links to both of those books in the show notes. All right. Now there's a third thing here that I want to introduce, and it's from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. So when you're thinking about creating a new habit, I want you to consider using James Clear's two-minute rule, which says when you start a new habit, it should take less than two minutes to do. So whatever habit you want to put in place, I want you to scale it down to the two-minute version. Now, if you ask me which habits are the ones you want to start with to achieve lasting weight loss, and I say these five habits are the fundamental five that actually make lasting weight loss inevitable. They are, number one, drink enough water. I want you to stay hydrated. And as a rule of thumb, everyone's a little different, but as a rule of thumb, I recommend half your body weight in ounces of water. So if you weigh 150 pounds, we're looking for 75 ounces per day. If you weigh 200 pounds, we're talking about 100 ounces, okay? And if you need to do the conversion because you measure in kilograms, I trust that you know how to do that. I'm not going to go through math here because <laughs> you know I'll screw it up. All right, so stay hydrated is one. Get enough sleep. The majority of people in the United States like something like two-thirds, it's not just the majority, two-thirds 
of the U.S. population is currently not getting the recommended seven to nine hours of sleep. So that's something to consider. I actually bought an Aura ring earlier this year, started wearing it to have more objective measures of my sleep quality and quantity. And to the extent that it's measuring accurately, again, it's just one data point or a set of data points for me to look at. There's also the subjective data, like how do I feel? How much energy do I have? Things like that. So getting enough sleep and using feedback like the aura ring to help reinforce that behavior is, can be very helpful. We want to get enough movement. So I'm looking for 30 minutes of mindful movement every day. And you notice I say movement instead of exercise because so many people have a fraught relationship with exercise like they do with food. So if there's food police, there's probably exercise police out there somewhere saying this counts as exercise, this doesn't count as exercise. I'm here to tell you that if you choose to take the stairs instead of the elevator, that counts. If you choose to park a little further away from the front door of some store, that counts. If you choose to do some stretching at night, that counts. All of that movement counts. So I don't want you to fall for that all or nothing thinking. Like if I can't make it to a particular 45 minute hit class, then I'm screwed for the day. Because that's not true. If you can come home and put your walking shoes on and go for a walk around the block, a five or 10 minute walk, your body will thank you, okay? So that's movement. There's two more in the fundamental five. So I've talked about getting enough water, staying hydrated. I've talked about getting enough sleep, moving your body. Number four is five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. And I'm looking for all the colors of the rainbow here, okay? And then the fifth one is eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're comfortably full. We want to aim for that. And obviously, depending on your schedule and the nature of your work, sometimes maybe you'll go a little hungrier. Maybe you can have a more substantial snack to tide you over. But that idea is to really be listening to our body. Now, if we take those five habits now, and we overlay the two-minute rule, what are some scaled-down versions that you might be able to try? So if you want to eat more fruits and vegetables, can you buy some, some fruit? Stone fruits are really in season right now. So nectarines and peaches, things like that. Watermelon is in season as well. Maybe buying whole watermelon may not be the best option for you because it's not convenient. So if you're willing to spend a little more money, you can try buying pre-cut watermelon. As an example, if you look at the diet of the U.S. population, 
and here by diet I mean you know our eating patterns what we typically eat most people are actually getting enough protein and they're getting enough starchy carbs probably getting enough fat what they're not getting is the nutrients like the micronutrients vitamins and minerals from fruits and vegetables green leafy vegetables all those different colors so that's why I bring that up okay and then the fifth habit that eating till you're comfortably full, how could you practice that as a two-minute rule? Could you try maybe serving yourself half the portion that you normally would have? And then at that halfway mark, check in with yourself. Have I had enough? That would be like a two-minute version. Sleeping. Could you do a couple of stretches or maybe take a quick shower? Or if you talk about the environment, can you turn down the temperature so that you're sleeping in a room that's somewhere around 68 degrees? Right? So these are all little things that you can do. The two-minute version when you're trying to create a new habit. Okay. The goal here is to make it super doable. So that the rider in our metaphor is very clear on what we need to do and believes that it's doable, has a lot of confidence. We're building a skill. The elephant, the emotional part, also sees, hey, I can do this. And it's not taking a lot of decision-making energy either. I can kind of get into this autopilot groove. Habits are very much part of the elephant. And then the path, if you can affect your environment in some way, whether it is stocking your fridge with healthy fruits and vegetables, some that are pre-cut, or putting your shoes by the front door, or having three water bottles filled and strategically placed around your home and your office and maybe your car or joining up with some friends to go for a walk those are all things that you can do to help you create that new and improved habit either new habit or taking an existing one and improving it all right so I gave you the five fundamental habits. What I don't want you to do is try to do the two-minute version of all five of them starting today. I want you to pick just one. Just one. And over time, so try that two-minute version for, say, two weeks. See how you do. Do you hit the mark every single day? I like daily habits because you get to practice every day. Frequency counts here. It helps to create that groove in your brain. So pick the one and get it from the two-minute version to whatever version it is that you actually imagined that you want to have. Okay. Once you do that, then you can move on to the next one. All right. So before I wrap things up today, I want to make sure that... You're, you're aware of two upcoming events. The first is the Creative Abundance Leadership Summit. 
at which I'm going to be a speaker. I'll be talking about how to manage stress and sleep better, which is taking place on August 28th. And I'm also hosting or leading a masterclass and it's called Mastering Your Triggers. And this is taking place, it's a three-part training on September 1st, 6th, and 8th. I'll be providing the links to both of those trainings in the show notes as well. All right, so I want to wrap things up today with a quote by Jim Bouchard. The bridge between knowledge and skill is practice. The bridge between skill and mastery is time. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens. <laughs>